This podcast contains strong language and adult themes. Listener's discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to A Page Too Far, the show where each week one of us reads a book and tells the other all about it. Will it be good? Will it be bad? Let's find out. My name is Lion-O and this is my co-host, Cloud Mufasa. How are you doing? Uh, just remember <laughs> who you are. That's all I got. Thanks, Dad. So... It, please, it's Daddy. <laughs> Anyways, I, uh, I really, after the, the whole Crystal Skull book, I added a shit ton of books to my reading list about vibrations in Atlantis and all this stuff. Okay. But after actually getting through the book and talking about it, I think I need a break. You inspired me with your book about the bear. Oh, no. <laughs> and I had interspecies relationships on my mind. Okay. I, I'm cons- I've, I gotta be honest, I'm a little concerned. So, the book I've chosen this week is called I Married a Lizard Man by Regina Abel. Sounds like you're combining the best of both worlds. You got interspecies relationships and conspiracy theories. I, I wish. I wish. It's not quite that Not exciting. that kind of lizard man? Also, the, the, the author's name is... I think it's, I don't know if it's Regine or Regine. It's R-E-G-I-N-E. Regine Abel, I think. Good enough for me. This is a science fiction slash romance erotic novel. <laughs> okay. If you couldn't tell yeah. by the title. Yeah. It was published uh, very recently. It just came out, actually. It was uh, last May of this really? year. Really? Yep. So this is, a, this is a lockdown book. This is this brand new baby. Nobody's touched this yet in all of the the book review circles. No, I am absolutely sure somebody's recorded a review for this book. Oh, absolutely. They probably recorded an audio book, too. So the reason I chose this book is, I mean, of course, the title. Right. Obviously. Uh, And the cover was pretty great. I'm pulling up the cover now. I want to show you. Ooh, I can't wait. So this is the cover of the book. Oh, wow. Okay. So typical, like, beautiful girl leaning into the arms of... An Argonian. An Argonian with no snout. Yeah, with, he, with like, he does have a more humanish face. Yeah, the, the face is very flat. It's very, it's very anthropomorphized human. Like, and there's also a V shape of birds, but they seem to be flying in the wrong direction. So it's, <laughs> what? I, I, don't <laughs> I didn't I'm, notice that. I don't know if I'm reading that on, on the right side. You're absolutely they, right. They look like they're going from yeah, left to right. It's a backwards V. <laughs> That's, it's interesting. I didn't even see that. It's a good looking cover though. That is. It's, it's not bad compared it's, to it's some very of the covers like, we have. It's very like grocery store ro- uh, erotic novel yes. cover, except just a lizard man instead of the dude. It's meant to grab your attention. Yeah, totally. And it's very safe and by the books. Yeah. And I, I honestly, I, I really wanted to get into more erotic novels because they can be very funny. Okay. Yep. They can. <laughs> but like the Crystal Skulls book, after reading this book, I've maybe changed my mind. The problem is then you have to read erotic novels. Yes. And. Erotic novels are full of erotica, which is not very interesting to talk about. Right. It's just like... They, uh, they banged. Oh, they, okay. Yeah, they had sex. Anyways, <laughs> like, so the, there's going to be a big swaths of this book where I'm going to say they banged and move on. One of the, are you one of the people that like watches porn for the plot? Yes, I need, I need to be invested in the character. Yeah, like, yeah you got to have that development. There's which, the beginning, middle, <laughs> end. To be fair, there is quite a bit of investment in these characters. Okay. So let's jump into it. Off the top, I want to apologize for sounding like shit. I don't know why I sound like shit. I think I'm sick. Anyways. My dulcet tones will more than make up for it. Oh, well, thank you. I married a lizard man. We join our protagonist, Susan Jennings, in a farming colony on the planet Materian. Materian. It's a, it's a okay. hu- human farming colony. They're all humans there. 
Nice. Not on the planet, but in the colony. And on this planet, Materian, the name Susan and the name Jennings has survived. Yes. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Not very science. You'll find that the names in this book are somewhat lacking. I commend the author author for a lot of things, but names are not one of them. Okay. <laughs> I mean, honestly, when I write, which is never, names are the hardest thing. The colony is a matriarchal society. Ooh, change of pace. Women hold all the power and subsequently own all the land and run all the businesses. Women are running shit, okay? Nice. When a woman dies, the eldest daughter in the family inherits all of the property. Okay, so same thing as like a patriarchy, except... Right. With the matriarchy. The second oldest daughter becomes the superintendent to the eldest. She basically runs stuff for her. Okay. And, and in that way, she also secures, uh, because, you know, if the eldest daughter dies, it goes to the second oldest. Right. So she secures so, her assets and that she knows how to run things. Right. Exactly. So it works out for everybody. Yeah. Except the third daughter. Right. What happens to them? Uh, so in this society, third daughters are almost discarded. They're, there's, they have no value. They're just seen as freeloaders mm-hmm. because it's very unlikely that the oldest daughter and then the second oldest dies. So right. like the third daughter is usually just married off to make good connections with other families. Yeah, got to build the power base. Right. So Susan Jennings is one of these daughters. She's a third daughter. How original. And she has very little connection to her family. Like very little. They, they don't love her. They don't really communicate with her that much. So she's not in a great place, right? Susan's 25th birthday is quickly approaching, and she is becoming desperate for anything. Just whether that be a husband. Just some change. Right. And and marriage is her only way of, like, leaving the colony, going to something better, right? The book begins with Susan walking through the Harvest Fair in search of a kiosk for the prime mating agency. At the fair? At the fair. They just have a kiosk, like a little booth, where they try to recruit people to, you know— hire their services. I'm sure that was a thing at some point. There was just a place you could go. Probably. But uh, that's an interesting concept to me. Yeah. Growing up in Year of Our Lord 2021. But I mean, in the future, it makes sense. Yeah. Because it, it's yeah. only getting more and more difficult to find, like, suitable significant others. Right, especially when you limit yourself like that. Right. So I'm, I'm sure matchmaking stuff is going to make a comeback in the future. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. The kiosk is run by an empathic bird-like being called a temern. An empathic bird-like being. Yeah, so they, they're like anthropomorphized birds, and they're empathic, so they, they pick up on what you feel and how you think. So uh, and it, it's, an, it's running the kiosk, but it's an agent of the agency. So sure. like yeah, weeding out. Right, wearing multiple hats. Yeah. And so these species are really good at matchmaking because they're so empathic. That makes they sense. Can, they can pick up on people's per- personalities, what they like and don't like, and they're like, oh, we get, make perfect matches, right? It's Captain Falcon. Fuck, Falco. Yeah. It's Falco. Fal- Did you say Captain? I said Captain Falcon. Oh, my God. I, w- I was thinking, <laughs> I, was, I was like, that joke could still work. I'm just thinking about him punching her as she enters. But, <laughs> but no, Falco works better. What does Falco say in the game? I'm trying to think of his catchphrase. I love you, Star Fox. I, th- I think he's just, he's always like. I think it's just grunts he and is, stuff. He's grumpy. It's just, it's just like he's tennis like, grunts. Yeah, he's like, Fox, fuck off. I'm trying to kill this guy. He's mine. Yeah. That's all he says. You keep what you kill, Fox. This Temern agent that works for the agency is named Keog Vol. That's a good name. Not a bird name to me, but it's, it's not, a good name. It's not bad. It's a decent one, yeah. right? Yeah. Keog informs Susan that he has found a perfect match for her. Ooh, oh, okay. So I guess she talked with him before. And, and she's, she's, going, just, she's going to catch up. Right. She's, yeah. She got one here. new notification. Her match is an Andurian 
And this, okay, this is a fucking hard one to say. And Turian. It's A N D and. Okay. T U R I A N. There's no hyphen or anything. That's just a Turian from Mass Effect and then some. There, is there a creature? I haven't played Mass Effect. There's a creature there's, called an Anturian? There's a, there's a whole race called the Turians. Oh, so yeah, it's and and then Turian. They are actually based off of bird people. Okay, well, he is so not like a bird if person. Bird, or if bird people evolved. Uh, so her match is an Anturian hunter on the planet Zicania. It's another mediocre name. It's okay. Yeah. I'm not it's, a big fan of it, but it's okay. The, of all the planets in the galaxy, there's bound to be some with just terrible names. Uranus. <laughs> It's supposed to be pronounced Uranus. I know Not that. Not that it makes it better. No, it doesn't. <laughs> and I fully know the reason why it's called Uranus. But it's still funny. <laughs> I'm a child. So this Anturian hunter from the planet Zicania, his name is Olix Nilis. I think Olix is okay. I, how do you spell it? It's O-L-I-X. Okay. Because you say Olix and I hear O-Lix. <laughs> I mean, he does eventually. I'm sure, but it, what's, the, what's the last name? Uh, Nilus. Which Nilis. all I can think about is Nihilus, Darth Nihilus. Well, Come and, on. And there's a Turian in Mass Effect called Nihilus. Right. So it's like, yeah, Nilus. It's fine. Hunger. It's fine. I mean, they're all non-offensive. It's Nihilism. Just, they're just you know whatever. Yeah, it's 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 a sci-fi name. He is the leader of his clan. He's a big boy. He owns prop. Well, he doesn't really own property, but he's in charge of a lot of shit. Yeah. So she'd be a third daughter married to like a bigwig. Yeah, but. The planet is underdeveloped. Okay. So the big wig of a small pond. Right. Susan asks what an Anturian is, and Kaog tells her, what, what do you think he is? He is, oh, man, what's coming to mind? All I'm getting is just images of Garrus now. Uh, okay. <laughs> Those who know will know. Um, an Anturian is a, you said, did you say he was a hunter? He's a hunter. He's a hunter. Okay. He is a being that grew up in the Society of Anturians that has known only spearfishing for the last 10,000 years. All they do is spearfish. It's pretty close. Really? Yeah, it's pretty good. Interesting. Okay, and then they're they're trying to build up their tech to compete, but uh, they're not quite getting there yet because all they know how to do is spearfish. Yeah, that's pretty close. I'm shocked. So she asked what, what an Anturian is, and Kaog is like, it's a friggin' lizard man, bro. Scrub. Oh, she's just uh, just very generic, like it's a lizard. Man. Oh yeah, she's like. Okay, uh, I was getting way into that. She even says like he would be what I think you would call a lizard man. Fair enough. And I was like, we're not even two pages in. They already dropped part of the title there. I oh. was I was reading way too far into that question. I think you were. You were reaching. I was I was literally just asking for a physical <laughs> description. That's no. all. So. I, I took it. I took the shallow end and I just moved it over into the deep end. <laughs> so Kaog explains that they are compatible to make offspring. But since his genes are dominant, any babies they have will be lizards. So, so she bangs Olix, she gets Olix babies. Yeah, basically. They won't look human at all. They'll look Andurian. That's very interesting considering human anatomy. Like, I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> having, I'm having trouble picturing a human woman giving birth to something non-human. Yeah, it's, it's just it makes me kind of cringe. Yeah, a little bit. Especially like, lizards because they're really rough and sometimes spiky. That would hurt. Yeah. Unless she... I'm going to show my ignorance here. Yeah. Do lizards hatch from eggs? Yes. Would she lay an egg? You would think so, but that's not the case. Okay. Because, I mean, she doesn't produce eggs externally. Right. That's what I was thinking when I was reading the book. I was like, I feel like she's going to lay an egg. She doesn't. Okay. But I feel like she should. Okay. Okay. 
The Andarians are facing famine as foreign real estate developers and venture capitalists are driving the wildlife extinct. And the hunters do not know how to farm. Oh. But guess what? She grew up on the... The farming planet. The farming planet, Materian. So she knows all about farming. She can help them. Yeah. Isn't that a great... Isn't wow. That how that works out? So Susan's knowledge of farming and passion for agriculture make her a good match for Olix. Well, there naturally. you go. Naturally. Susan grumbles about having to marry a fugly-ass lizard man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look. You... You said you were desperate earlier. I thought you were actually desperate. That's that's essentially what Kaog tells her is like uh, <laughs> you're kind of desperate. And look, econ- you know, econ- economically, this is great for both of you. And uh, so, but in and also, she has six months to decide if she wants it to be permanent. Okay, okay. So she can go there, check it out for six months, and come back. It's yeah, not like a ninety day can, fiance thing. The, exactly. But they they are like legally married during that period. Okay, so because they both went to this service looking for a match. Right. They have to legally marry right away, and then they have six months to get an annulment. Okay. Right? Okay. Very love comes softly. So, Kaog just assures her that we do our job very well, and you are a perfect match, even though you may not see, it doesn't seem like it. He doesn't seem attractive, he seems brutish, and the place seems very primitive, but trust me, after a few months, you'll love him, he'll love you, it'll work out great. Right? Fantastic. And, and of course, the Tamarin are famous for matchmaking. Right. Yeah, that's so their they whole ha- thing. They have a reputation, right? So she's like, okay, fine, we'll do it. We'll try it. There's, there's nothing to lose because if I don't like it at the six months, the agency will reassign me someone else and yeah. there'll be no extra costs or anything. It's all on them. Nice. Just keep moving on. Right. So we, we go to the next chapter and it shifts to Olix's perspective. Okay. So it switches between her perspective and the lizard man's perspective. Have we? I don't think we've had a book that shifted perspective like that before on this, on this, on this show. I don't think so. Because um, Time Blender no, was just yeah. Time Blender. Time Blender was just Miller, right? Then your, we had your books were just the one person's. It was the one person's perspective. Uh, the skull didn't have a perspective. No, well, it had the crazy lady's perspective. Yeah, kinda. <laughs> and then, and then the girl's perspective in the bear. Yeah. So, like, yeah, this is the first book we have multiple perspectives here. Nice. So, shifting to Olix, he's grumbling about having to marry a fugly ass white woman. <laughs> well, okay, they are perfect for each other, aren't they? Pretty much. They have, they have very similar personalities in some ways. So so he, he's talking to uh, the seer, Mulzeg. So his, his clan has a seer who that's can a, see into the future. That's a good lizard name. So the seer was the one who told Olex to seek out a mate off-world. All right. Olex had no intentions of getting married or anything, but his clan and multiple clans on the planet are in trouble because of the scarcity because they're, they're hunters and they're, right, there's scarcity gatherers. of the herds and stuff. They're not getting as much food. Yeah. So they're in trouble and the seer is like, I've had a vision and we can get out of this mess if you marry a human woman from off world. That's all she, she told her. Mm-hmm. So Olix went to the agency and was like, you got to hook me up with a, a human woman because that's what I need to do. I was told I need to do it. I'm going to do it. Right. So now he's complaining to Molzeg. He's, he's seen photos of Susan. He's like, ah, oh God, she's so like fucking smooth and frail and gross looking. Like, what am I doing? Which makes sense in the context of a lizard person. It totally makes sense that he would not be under her at all. Oh, yeah. And I think the author does a fantastic job of making his whole perspective understandable. And, and the whole species seem relatable, even though they're very different in a lot of ways. Right? And just what I'm hearing, that sounds very true. I think this author is good at writing science fiction. Just like world building in general? Yeah. Cool. I, I, like, I, I was really into this book at this point. I'm like, there's so much world building. I'm into how things work. This is interesting. Yeah. So after Olix is, like, complaining to Molzeg, he goes to the spaceport to meet Susan because she, she flies to, to the planet. Okay. Right? 
He sees her standing next to Kaog, the agent, uh, right after they've gotten off the transport. And he's a little embarrassed because the transport arrived 30 minutes early and he meant to be there before she arrived. Because mm-hmm. he's a very honorable individual. Right. It's like it's dishonorable to leave your mate just waiting for you. Right. So, so he's, he's embarrassed that he got there after they arrived and they've been waiting. But they don't notice him. So he gets a, a moment to just look at her and yeah. take her in. And he's even more disappointed and embarrassed having seen her in person. So had you you may have mentioned this, I may have missed it. Had he seen like an image of her at this point? Yeah, they've both seen in- images of each other okay. at this point. Okay, so it wasn't just the idea of a human; it's that he's actually seen her, and now he's seeing her in person. Right, and they're okay. given some cursory information about each other, and then the rest is just up for them yeah. to learn, figure it out, right? Figure it out or look it up. Yeah, because the internet is definitely a thing that comes up a lot. Huh. There's internet, hmm. and it's very very similar to our internet, space internet. Yeah, so 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 he's kind of they have a space Google. <laughs> they do. What about a space Zuckerberg? They do have a space Google. I'll bring that up later. <laughs> okay. I can't wait. There's certain parts of this book that's like, wow, there's so much effort put in this. And there's other parts that's like, you just fucking took something yeah. from our world and changed it slightly. Extrapolated it into space. Yeah. So <laughs> so he's even more disappointed and discouraged by looking at her in person because he's like, oh, she's so much smaller than I thought she was going to be. And like, I, I, I'm not going to be able to touch her without her, like, bleeding or anything. Because he's a fucking yeah. big, scaly, tough Rough. lizard man. Yeah. So he's like, I, I don't even know what we're going to be able to do because she's so, like, tiny and frail. So he walks up to them, and they greet each other and do introductions, and Kaog facilitates all of this. And they go to the chapel with the agent where there is a justice of the peace. All so right. they're just going to officiate it right there. Yeah. Bing, bang, boing, done. And it's customary for the agency to set up dual weddings. So first you have a human wedding, or, you know, whatever species is the one. Mm-hmm. And then another wedding, which in this case is an Anturian wedding. And they, so they would set up okay, two weddings. Okay, set up two ceremonies, one so right. that they both feel... Right, but the, the one done at the spaceport here is like the legal one, right? Right, right. So the, all the paperwork is done at this point. So they go to the chapel, there's just the piece, they start doing that stuff. And it, this is like, this is the very um, stock marriage like if you go to vegas and you're eloping this is what they you right. know yeah. just bare bones nothing fancy you're married sign here you're married sign here right and so olix is wondering like why she didn't want to do the full-blown human wedding yeah and he's thinking maybe she doesn't care about marrying me maybe this is just for you know the you know economic benefits or right. whatever yeah what's what's her motivation behind all of this so that discourages him even more cuz he's like of communicating with her right and they this is a cycle they're just going to keep getting more and more discouraged until it reaches <sighs> and i mean they do communicate throughout okay but not effectively apparently not yet not yet at first it's really rough so so Which, I mean, I could totally understand. You're coming from a place. Oh, yeah. place you've been your whole life. You've been meeting somebody you've never met. They're an entirely different species. You're marrying them. And then, yeah. No, that's, I, I, could, I could see bottling up. Yeah. So th- this definitely happens. So throughout the ceremony, he's just kind of winging it. He's just like listening to what's going on, trying to mimic it. Like, she said I do, so I guess I'll say I do. And then it gets to the point where the justice of the peace says, uh, you may kiss the bride. And Alex admits that he has no idea what kissing is. Oh, no. It's a little awkward. So Susan goes beat red, embarrassed. Yeah. Because it is an awkward situation. And Olix is now afraid because his people, when they turn red, it means they are enraged. Oh, no. So he thinks that he is horribly angry. Anger her, and she's furious. And so Kaog patiently explains that there is a procedure known as kissing, and he explains what kissing is. Right. 
and and also explains that she is not angry. She's just a little embarrassed because humans blush for various reasons. Yeah. And none of them are because they're angry. Yeah. And so Olix feels a little bit, he, he feels a little bit better not being so ignorant now, but he- But now he still feels weird because it's a completely different anatomy and- Right. And he also feels embarrassed for not knowing that stuff. Yeah. Because he did have like two days to prepare before meeting him and he didn't look up any human shit. Well- Right? Olix. I mean- uh, Yeah. Come bruh. on. Come on. I mean, there's other stuff on his Buffy. plate. <laughs> but come on. This is going to be your wife. Come on. Yeah. So they kiss and Olix. Uh, yeah, that was awkward. It, it was an awkward kiss. But Olix was like, that was very interesting. Very weird because he'd never done that before. Sure. Because lizards don't kiss apparently. Yeah. So, but he's like, uh, I want to do that again sometime. Okay. So he's on board. Kaog then leaves to finalize the paperwork with the justice of the peace. Okay. So he like, leaves him alone for the first yeah, time. Yeah. He's like, you two lovebirds wait here. We're going to go finalize some stuff. We'll be right back. So they're left with each other, just kind of standing there. Yeah. A little awkward. You come here often? So Kaog returns and says, you guys are all set. The paperwork's in. He gives them like little hollow chips that are like, here's the details you need to hang on to. Oh. And contact details if you need anything, that sort of thing. And so... Have her back by 11. <laughs> and so Susan is supposed to leave with Olix to go to his village now. Makes right? sense. So Olix is like, I'll carry your bags. What what bag she has. She has other stuff coming, but it's going to take a couple days to ship. Yeah. So okay. she just has yeah. a necessities bag. So he picks it up for her, being a gentleman, is like, here, Aww. follow me to our transport. And all of the transports have been, you know, Star Wars transports. They're okay. yeah. anti-grav, yeah. Um, surface to atmosphere transports. So they leave the spaceport, and she sees a great big old monster of a beast. Ooh. Literally. This is not a transport. This is an animal. Okay. That, I mean, based on the fact that they don't know how to farm or gather, yeah. that makes sense. Makes sense. And they don't have a lot of technology. Yeah. So that totally makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but she didn't really think about this. Culture shock. Yeah. So she's like, oh shit, this is different. Beast is called a maraca. Don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it either. It's a shit name. And they, they will be riding it to Manku. Don't like it. The... <laughs> The Andurian village. I don't know whether to say Andurian or Andurian. I think Andurian. I'm just going to say Andurian. It's easier. Yeah, it sounds so, good. So Andurian village. Andurian just sounds weird. So this animal, this... Uh, Maraca. Maraca. I forgot it and you reminded <laughs> me. That's not good. <laughs> I was also, tr I was waiting to make a Kellogg joke for Kaorg, but just never got there. <laughs> and this uh, Maraca looks cross between a rhinoceros and a razorback. Very rough. Razorback gorilla? No, no, that's a silverback. It is a silverback. What are you talking about? What's a razorback? A razorback is a, a hog. Oh, like they, yes. They have those yes. in, in Australia. I've, I've heard, okay, I've only ever heard that in context of a razorback, like warthog. I've yeah, never yeah, heard yeah. just a razorback. Yeah, so that, that uh, so it looks like a like a warthog mix, mixed with a, a rhinoceros. That's that's a cool image. I dig it. It's it's a cool looking animal. Needs a better right? name. Unfortunately, it has... shake uh, it and see if it sounds like it's holding beans. Unfortunately, it has like really... A really rough, ridged spine uh -huh. with, like, bony protrusions and stuff. She's going to sit side saddle? Uh, well, she she stops Olix and is like, yo, I can't fucking ride that because it doesn't have a saddle or anything. He's yeah. just riding a bareback. And he's yeah. like, yo, I can't ride that because it will fuck up my vagina. Yeah. A logical <laughs> and, concern. And so Olix is visibly frustrated by this because he's like, oh, fucking... Because, like, all the lizard people have no problem riding it. They have yeah. scaly protection. And and he's just frustrated because she's so fragile. Yeah, this is the, the thing he was worried about. This is confirmation bias. Yeah, so he's like, fucking, ugh, 
fine, wait here. And then he goes back to the spaceport. He, he doesn't, he's, he's honorable enough not to verbalize any of his frustration. Yeah, she he's can, internalizing it. She can tell. Of course. But he doesn't, he's not rude to her ever. He's just like, just wait here. I'll be right back. And so he leaves. He goes back and Co- Kaog, uh sees him coming back and seems to have read his mind. Because, of course, he's in well, yeah. What if the range is? So he, he comes out with a, a seemingly like rough saddle that oh. he is prepared ahead of time. Why didn't he do I, that in the first place? I don't know. But anyways, I mean, we needed that twist. We needed the drama. It's true. You have to build the tension. Yeah. And so he comes out with this rough saddle, hands it to Olix, and this is back to Susan's perspective. So Susan okay. sees them discussing, and Olix seems to be <laughs> kind of venting to Kaog a little bit. Again, makes sense. Like, bro, this is fucking ridiculous, and Kaog seems to be pacifying him. Like, Wait, hold on. Just It's worth it. Just give it a f- couple fucking months, at yeah. least. Come on. Like, you're, the fate of your people is at, at stake. At least a day. That, yeah, so like... So he pacifies him, and Olix returns with the saddle and affixes it to the creature very begrudgingly because yeah. he's like, this is not right. I shouldn't have to put a saddle on my magnificent beast. Beast of burden, might I add. Yes, but uh, but they have a very oneness with nature, so there shouldn't be anything. Yeah. You, you should, you should, the beast should move you because it wants to, not because you're saddling it and mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. So they begin their ride back to the village. Uh not back to, but they're riding to the village. Yeah. The Monku It's back village. to the village for him. Yes, back to the village for him. And along the way, he's, you know, talking about the landscape and his world, you uh-huh. know, trying to educate her. Yeah. And showing her landmarks and, like, this is an important landmark because on our hunts, we come through here and we stop here and that sort of thing. Nice. And so he is uh, very gentle with her, and she soon figures out the rhythm of the animal. Okay. And so she's riding in front of him. So she's okay. resting okay. her back against him and uh, is very comfortable uh, on the whole trip. Yeah, he's very he's a very nice guy, very gentle and caring and thoughtful. Well, for the most part. Yeah. And uh, and so they arrive at the village. Oh, I forgot. The creature's name was Haju. That's what he named it. Haju? Haju the Maraca. Yeah, it's not important, but that, I, thought, sound, it I thought it was a good name. racist. It's like, what? Haju? <laughs> Why is that I racist? Just, I, I'm just thinking of Haji from Johnny Quest. Oh, I forgot. I made a note of this, but back uh, when he saddled the animal before yeah. they even left, uh, he, I, I think they, they each sensed each other's frustration. And then Susan lays out this whole speech about, we are two strangers united by fate. We have committed ourselves to each other. And as long as we communicate and keep an open mind, we can overcome anything. And it seemed to come out of nowhere. Because she was of one mindset where she's like discouraged yeah. and not communicative. And then she says this, and then afterwards she's discouraged and, and not, not communicative. communicative. So it feels like it comes out of nowhere. Yeah. It feels like something that would be n- near the end of the book. I imagine, I imagine Kayorg's <laughs> on the side just going, my name's Fate. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he gives that speech. They get on the animal. They go to the village. When they arrive at Manku, Susan sees the elegant stone and wood structures that blend with the natural environment. This oh, is nice. The yeah, so like it's it's very much like a marriage between natural and society, right? Yeah, yeah. As like a garden village, very, very picturesque. Waiting for them there are hundreds of Andurians. Oh, because he's the so, big wig. Yeah, he's the, he's the boss. And they're all waiting for him to bring back his bride. It's a big, big deal. So they're all there waiting for him. And uh, she makes a mental note of, if not for the various coloration of their scales, she would have no way of telling them apart. 
Which, again, kind of makes sense until you makes learn sense. the distinctions. Right. And uh, except for the obvious size difference between male and female. Okay. Yeah, there, again. There, there is yeah. a bit of a size difference. But, like, females don't have breasts. Right. But, so, but yeah, again, makes sense. Right. So, oh, and she also, <laughs> somewhere along the way, she, she talks about, she, she studied the, about, she studied the Andorians pretty thoroughly. Oh. As much as she could. So, unlike Oleg, she, she like, did, the work. did fucking research on the trip. Man, good for her. And she researched uh, anatomy. Naturally. You want to see what you're dealing with. And she, she uh, mentions that she is very grateful that Andorians' tails cover up their butt cracks. <laughs> okay, sure, fine. And also that males' penises are retractable into their body. Also fine. I have, uh, I have no problem with either of those things. Oh, and the, and the Andorians are, like, naked. They don't wear clothing. Okay, I imagine that based on the fact that you said they covered the butt crack, but it's good to have it confirmed. Right, yeah, so so she's just, she's grateful. She's like, well, at least I don't well, have I'm to look at the butt crack. I'm not just staring at genitalia. Yeah, I don't have to look at the butt crack, and uh, yeah, she doesn't have to look at genitalia. Yeah. So that's that's a bonus. I imagine it's the kind of thing where once you're in that society, even if it was there, you just n- not Just look. get used to it. Yeah, I mean, it's just the way it is. They're a different species. I would imagine it's looking like any fucking lizard. It's just like, well, you know, it's a different thing from me. Yeah. I'll just get used to it. Um, I guess it's different if, you're, if your intent is to bang that thing. Maybe. Right? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm not the authority on this. Olix jumps off the beast and then helps her down very gently. Oh, nice guy. Again. Yep. And then he loudly introduces her to everyone present. Like, hey, everybody! This is Susan! <laughs> Hi, I'm Susan. I can't get used to the fact your name is fucking Susan Jennings. It just, it had to be Susan. It's so funny. Fucking lame. For hey, if there's a, a Susan fiction. Jennings listening to this show, I'm sorry, but also write us in. Write us in and change your fucking name. It's boring as hell. Anyways. There goes Susan Jennings. <laughs> it was nice having you while you were here. Um, <laughs> yeah, every time like someone says her name, I'm just like, fucking Susan, Jesus. Okay. So It sounds like a name that the author wrote intending to change it and then just didn't. Yeah, it was a placeholder or something. Yeah. And and so so he's like, everyone. This is my new wife, Susan Jennings from the planet Materian. And everybody is making these, like, hissing noises, which to Endurians is very, like, happy. Okay. Happy hissing noises, and they're thumping their tail on the ground. Aw, it's like doing the the dog thing. It's like applause. Yeah. So uh, they all seem to, I mean, they're all just ogling her. Well, yeah. Because they're familiar with humans, but they're like, this is the human. The human that is going to be living here yeah. and mating with our clan leader. Yeah. Which is weird. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and so, but they all seem to be very happy that they've come back uh, or that he's come back with her right. and, and to right. meet her. And then immediately two Andorians run up and uh, Olix introduces them as Yamir and Luped. Uh, Yamir is his mother. Luped is his sister. Oh, nice. So the queen mother. Yeah. And the princess sister. So, yeah. And so they, they say they're very happy to meet her. They're very excited. And then they hurriedly grab her and run her to one of the, the, the buildings saying, we have to get ready for the ceremony. Got to get ready for that banging. You, well, n- not that. Just for the ceremony. Just the marriage cer- oh, ceremony. Because okay. remember, okay. they had one wedding. Right. Yeah. But, but they, have about, to have the, they have to have the, the but what about a second wedding? wedding? <laughs> We've had one. Okay, God, God damn. So. What about second wedding? What about second wedding? <laughs> so they um, they rush her off to get her ready. As soon as they get into the hut, they start stripping her clothes off. Naturally. Because they're a naked race. Right. They're like, and she's not about that. They're I'm like, oh, what, the, what the fuck is this shit? Get this fucking shit off. What's modesty when breasts mean nothing? Right. And then, they, and then she stops them. Yeah. And is like, 
please. I'm not ready for that yet. But yeah, in my, from my culture, it is a very bad thing to not wear clothing. It's very immodest. And some would say immoral to show yourself naked to anyone other than your mate. So please, I have come prepared with clothing specific for this ceremony. And so, so she pulls out flesh-colored lingerie. That's very thoughtful. It is very thoughtful. She is read up on this shit. Yeah, that's I, I, good on her. Yeah, perfect. I mean, it's great. So, so she strips down, and she feels very, very uncomfortable because they're— They're just watching. They're, they're ogling. Yeah. More. Because they're like breasts. What the fuck? Yeah. I, I honestly, if I was in their situation, I can't say I wouldn't do the same thing where nope. if somebody comes in with a different anatomy, be like, what? And Endurians have uh, scales that cover up their vag. And she doesn't. Oh. Oh, okay. So they're like, dear Lord. She's just flopping in the wind. An exposed clitoris. Like they're just aghast. Yeah. And, uh, and so she undresses and then puts on the lingerie. Okay. And they're very happy about this. This is like, this is great. Yeah. Looks good. You still look naked, but you're not. Awesome. And so. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's just a great <laughs> Which, you know, a lot of men probably think that. They're like, lingerie. Awesome. Oh, you look, you, you, you look like you're almost naked, but you're not. Awesome. So they immediately start painting her body with multicolored tribal paints. Oh, yeah. And in swirls and patterns and all that. She doesn't know what any of that means. But, yeah, but it's important. So. They paint her down, and, and they are kind of at a loss at what to do with her hair. Mm-hmm. Lizard like, people. Yeah, they're like, eh, we don't even know what to do with this. We, we don't have hair. And, so, and she's like, it's okay. I came prepared for this, too. And, and the lizard people have what you might call hair. It's kind of like scaly quills in their head. That they're, they're very short. Okay. So, so she has these, these like metal circlets that she binds her hair with to make it look like she has these little quills. Oh, nice. Again. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. She's a very like, I don't know if I'd say a great character. She's a very thoughtful character. She might be my favorite protagonist so far. So far. Oh, Absolutely. I mean, if, if we're comparing to the other books, absolutely yeah. best protagonist by far. And we might be hard-pressed to find another one that surpasses her, I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That bonus episode that's coming up, got a pretty good protagonist. <laughs> yeah. So um, so she she clamps her hair and fixes it to, to look like these weird, like, dreadlocks. And the Anturians are overjoyed. Nice. They're like, this is awesome. Because she is making such an effort to fit in with our culture, yeah. even though she is at such a disadvantage. Right? That's awesome. Yeah, they're, they're loving her. The mother-in-law and the sister-in-law is just loving her. Uh, she, she makes some, like, she, when she's binding her hair, she makes some mention about Vikings. And I was like, I'm sorry, I thought this was science fiction. How does she know what Vikings are? Later, it talks about Earth being a real thing. So I'm like, wow, this, oh, is, this okay. is news to me. So apparently, all humans are from Earth. And this is, we've just expanded. Right, we're just expanding in the universe. So it is Mass Effect. They haven't lost any of their colloquialisms from earth okay. so so that was a little weird to me I, I like my science generally i like my science fiction to not have any connection to earth unless it's the expanse in which case that's the fucking best show ever Never but thought. it's i'd recommend it so anyways she makes a mention about vikings and i was like what the fuck oh i guess earth is a thing in the human culture so anyways the ceremony takes place in the plaza so right in the middle of town and the mother and the sister escort her to the ceremony. Nice. And everybody is there and it's kind of like it, all the bench, there's a bunch of benches and stuff that are set up and cushions and stuff that are set up in a circle. So they will be doing the ceremony in the center. Okay. Yep. Right? Yep. And there's some kind of like podium out there or something like that with like like weird artifacts on it. So I she- mean, Wedding she, stuff. She's being let out 
and all of the lizards are sitting around and they're all like uh, kind of thumping their tails, like more quietly than before, but like thumping their tails and like chanting musically. And she sees Olix along with two other male Andorians escorting him to at the, at the same time to the center. Father and brother? No idea. Oh, okay. I think uh, I think they mentioned one of them, which is like his cousin. I don't think they mentioned sure. the name. I might have missed it because he does have like some friends and cousins that play a part in the story. But at that point, I don't think because she doesn't know them. Right. So I, yeah, I think it just, just glances over that. And yeah. You assume we'll it's learn friends it later. Yeah. Yeah. The the whole wedding ceremony uh, reminded me a lot of like Catholic weddings. Um, where there's like various ceremonial things they do. And then, and they're speaking in their mother tongue, not the universal. Okay. She's yeah. been like, quote unquote, English, whatever universal is for them. They started speaking in their own tongue for the wedding ceremony. So it's, uh, I was thinking of like Catholic weddings where they speak in Latin. Yeah. You have no idea and what you, the fuck is going you on. You know what to do because you've been doing it yeah. for so long. You don't actually know what it means or whatever. Right. So it, it's very much like that where they're just doing like stuff person know and, and she's winging it and just, Doing what Olix does. As the ceremony continues, the seer brings out a branch. Okay. And starts beating them with it. Okay. So so they're holding hands, like, tightly. Right. Like, if you were going to shake someone's hand, that's how they're kind of holding each other's hand, like, very tightly. And he starts by beating their joined hands, and she's like, oh, that kind of stings. And so he works his way up the arms of Olix, and then... Starts working up her arms, mm-hmm. and she's like, this fucking hurts. Yeah. Because these lizard people are way stronger than she is, and they have scales, so yeah. they can beat the shit out of each other with branches, and they don't feel it. And o- Olix doesn't feel it at all. Yeah. So the seer starts beating Olix's side and back with it. Ooh. And she's like, oh, no. Oh, hell Oh, nah. no. So she kind of grits her teeth, but even still, as soon as the seer strikes her on the side, she, like almost screams with the pain. And she's like, ah, what the fuck? And she drops, uh, she lets go with her left hand. Oh, no. <laughs> that's, that's the ceremony. That's it. She and, said, I don't. And you you have the intuition because Olix starts yelling. And he's like, no, what have you done? And he is panicking. And the seer is kind of panicking too. And everyone in attendance is like, Oh, shit. Well, hey, maybe warn someone of your wedding traditions before getting married right away. I mean, I'm surprised in her research. Like, she knew some of the wedding traditions, but not all of them, apparently. Well, I mean, you got to keep something secret. And there's, in, honestly, probably in this fictional world, it probably differs from tribe to tribe, too. But I can't fathom a ceremony like that where you wouldn't tell the other person what's going on. Right. I feel like that's... You that's just, on him. Yeah. They're freaking out. Yeah. Olix is like, I can't believe you've done this. And... So they start saying that she broke the circle. And so she gathers that they're, they're superstitious in a way that if you break the circle during the ceremony, being the circle of their arms, mm-hmm. you know, hand to hand around the circle, then that marriage is doomed to fail. Right. Same thing as giving a knife at a wedding, that kind of thing. Right. And they're all like, oh, this is so dishonorable for the leader of our clan to marry not only an off world or of a different species, but, but she broke the she circle. She broke the fucking circle, that bitch. <laughs> and so. <sighs> <laughs> Molzag kind of thinks on his feet and he was like, look, 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 she's still holding on with her right hand. It's cool. This just means that their marriage will be rocky, but they'll make it as long as she reconnects the circle. So she immediately is like, oh, fuck, and just grabs his right hand yeah. and holds onto it like super tightly, like death grip. I imagine, too, because that's such a thing, I imagine that that circle hasn't been broken before. So Molzag is just free to make up whatever BS he wants. Oh, yeah. He's absolutely BSing everyone. He's like, ah, it's uh, going to be a rocky marriage, but uh, they're going to weather through it and it's going to be great. 
And that seems to pacify everyone. And they're like, well, if you say so, Seer, okay. I, I imagine with that too, there's a part of just wanting it to be true. Exactly. Yeah. They, they've invested so much into this. Yeah. Emotionally. I want it to be true. Right. Exactly. So, so everybody is sweating bullets and Olix is like, okay, all right, man, let's, say let's so. keep going. And so they proceed. Oh, and he, he also says like, it was my clumsiness that caused her to let go. Like, she didn't mean to let go. Olix said that. I just hit her a little bit too hard and that, yeah, or not, not Olix. The seer. The seer said that. Okay. He was okay. like, that, that's, that's my fault. She didn't intentionally break the circle, so that, that doesn't hold true. They just forget about that. In the next step of the ceremony, the couple had to bite each other. Oh, God. Because traditionally, Anturians are, will, will bite each other on the shoulder and draw blood. Uh, and their saliva has, like, healing properties, so it's not dangerous. To them. To them. But yeah, to them, they have to bite and draw blood from each other. So Susan can't do this because her teeth are blunt and yeah, they can't do the scales. Right, exactly. The seer pulls out a blade, like a knife. Good improvisation. And Olix is like, you have to stab me in the neck. Uh... <laughs> and <laughs> is, this, is this a custom she knew about? No. Yeah, she did. She, in all her that's research. That's what I'm saying. She did some research, but not a, a lot. She did it. a fantastic amount of research. She should have done more research. Right. And so she's horrified. Well, yeah. She's like, I can't stab you in the neck. And he's like, don't worry. Like, we're really tough. You're like, not. That's fine. You, there's no possible way you could mortally wound me. Just stab it. And so she, she's just hesitating. Like, and, and Olex thinks she can't do it. Yeah. So he literally grabs her hand and just uses her hand on the blade to stab himself. Nice. He's like, oh, for fuck's sake, woman, let me stab my fucking shoulder. <laughs> he, like, plunges the knife into her shoulder, or into his shoulder, and then pulls it away. And he says, it's a, it's, it's, it's a very minor wound, don't worry about it. And then tells her she has to lick the blood off the blade. Gross. Because it's not only you have to bite the person and cause them damage, you have to ingest their blood. So, so that you each become a part of each yeah, other. Yeah, you become one, right? the whole thing. Exactly. So, and so she just, like... Seemingly, like, mechanically licks it off the blade and uh-huh. swallows because she is in shock right I now. I can't say that I'm surprised there. And he, and he feels awful. Like, he, come, he has a sudden clarity. All of his disappointment and frustration goes away, and he's like, I feel awful for having put the, my mate through this. Yeah. This is, so, this is not what I should be doing. I shouldn't. Warn her. Yeah, or, like, maybe, like, maybe find a different workaround yeah. for, the, for the ceremony or something. You're clearly BSing this, BS that. Yeah, so... They're just fudging everything right now. So um, so then it comes time he has to bite her. Uh-huh. So he he bites her on the shoulder very, very gently. Just yeah. like a little prick. Just enough to get, get Just blood. enough to draw blood. I mean, if he wanted to, he could have just taken her sh- whole shoulder off. Well, so. Guaranteed, yeah. So he, he does that, and she is amazed to watch the saliva just immediately heal. Oh, it's nice that it thing. works on humans, too. Yeah, very, very convenient. And uh, so it just it seals the wound right away. And there's no more pain, and it numbs it and all that, and so we're all good. Nice. With this, the ceremony is complete, and they're officially married, in every sense of the word. Nice. And everybody goes to the great hall for the feast. Ooh. It's like the reception, right? Raw meat. Uh, Susan explains that she is cold and goes to get a dress because she's wearing lingerie. Oh, well, yeah. And, and the, the lizard people can, can maintain their body temperature better, I guess, because of scales. I don't sure. Know. That didn't make sense to me. I figured... They're lizards. They would, like, be cold-blooded, but I guess they're warm-blooded, and they just have better protection. So she she goes to put on clothing, mm-hmm. and Olix is trying to explain to everybody, like, look, she's a fragile human being. She needs clothing. I know it's weird to us, but that's just what she has to do. Deal with it. And uh, a motherfucker named Zoltar comes over to Olix and starts taunting him about a weak bitch he married. Oh. 
right? Yeah. Which in an alpha pack of lizards, I imagine, yep. yeah, that makes sense. And Zoltar is his cousin. Oh. I think he might have been one of the ones with him, tra- like, escorting him to the ceremony. But it's, like, unconfirmed? It's unconfirmed. I, I don't remember exactly. They might have mentioned him. But eh. anyways, he's his cousin. Zoltar would have been the clan leader if not for Olix. Ah. Right? So there's a little bit of competitiveness there, but he still loves him. He's his cousin. Brother. Help me. <laughs> and so... My Mufasa reference. And the only reason Olix got it over Zoltar is because Zoltar was younger and way more compulsive. He didn't think things through. Okay. He just yeah. acted on impulse. Based on what he's doing right now, that checks out. Right. So everybody is like, clearly Olix is a better leader than him for the time being. Yeah. So we're going to give it to him. So yeah, Zoltar comes over and he's like, like, ugh, you're so embarrassing, dude. Like, she couldn't even handle the fucking branch that babies can handle. Like... And so Olix is like, bro, I bet you wouldn't even kiss a human female. And Zoltar is like, what the fuck is a kiss? Okay. Power play. Because, yeah, because like they, they think that kissing is kind of disgusting yeah. and revolting because it's something they don't do. And so Olix kind of calls him out like, bro, you wouldn't even have the courage to kiss a human. And I have. Man. That's a weird flex. It's a but, weird flex, but okay. it's a flex. <laughs> yeah. And then Zoltar is totally like, what's kissing? And so before he has a chance to explain, Susan returns wearing like a legit wedding dress, full, uh, full tail, white frills, wedding dress. Nice. Right. So she brought a little bit of home with her. You have to. So they have a great time at the feast. Wonderful food. It's not just meat. It's all sorts of stuff. So these Andurians, I couldn't figure out exactly. The Andurians eat all sorts of stuff like they're omnivores, but I feel like meat is a necessary part of their diet to survive. Okay. Because they're always constantly talking about how the herds are going scarce and they could starve. But they eat all sorts of stuff. Mm -hmm. They eat veggies and grains and mushrooms. So I feel like meat is a necessary part of the diet, but it's not the only thing they eat. So there's a lot of stuff to eat at the meal. And like all the, there's five clans total and the four other clans all brought shit from their areas to eat. And so they're all having a great time and it's time for them to retire for the night. Okay. So they, they go to Olix's dwelling. Mm-hmm. He calls the bedroom the nest chamber. I, I'm not a huge fan of that, but I also get it. I think it's groovy. Yeah. And there's no... You want to come to my nest chamber? <laughs> I'm going to use that sometime. There, there's no uh, raised bed or anything. It's actually sunk into the floor. Ooh, okay. Which I fucking love those. That's very 70s. I don't know what those are called, but I love those. The in-ground yeah. beds. And so it's like that with like cushioning and stuff. Yeah. And then there's like an animal skin as a blanket and stuff. Yeah, it makes sense. Susan tells Olix that uh, she has to wash the tribal paint off because remember, they're still painted. Right. Yep. So she's like, I got to go take a shower. And Olix is like, it is traditional for couples to wash together. Of course. <laughs> I mean, that's what I would say, even if it was bullshit. <laughs> I'd be like, look, we kind of have to shower together. It's just the rules. I don't make them up. And she is like, I don't think I'm comfortable with that right now. And he's like, yeah, I get it. That's fine. Go, go shower. I'll wait here. And so she showers and then she comes out kind of wrapped and she, she's wearing a negligee. Okay. <laughs> but she also has like a towel around her. Okay. So yeah, she, she knows what has to happen, but she's still not with it. Right. And so he's like, okay, well, I, and so he goes take a shower and it's, she only took like 15 minutes. Uh, she didn't use the hot water. So he goes and takes a shower. Also showers. Very advanced for these people, I must yeah. say. Yeah. 
Um, I'm a little surprised, honestly. Which, it goes into explanation for why they have showers and some electronics a little later, but we'll get to that. So he goes and takes a shower and comes back, and she's no longer covering up. She's wearing a uh, translucent negligee. Okay. I don't know if translucent is the right, transparent. A transparent negligee, See basically. And Olix is very confused as to why that clothing exists, because as he understood it, humans were clothing to be modest and cover up. Yeah. But this is clothing that doesn't cover up. Yeah. So he's like, I don't, I don't get what's going on, but uh, okay. So then they have a conversation, uh, basically about the, 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 the de- subtleties the of details. Humans. The, yeah, the details. They got to work it out. They're like, all right, boss, what's the game plan? How does this work? Like, what, what, what are we going to do here tonight? <laughs> so, <laughs> you got a DTR. You got to determine yep. the relationship. Right. And so they are contractually obligated to uh, consummate their marriage. Oh, that's an interesting point. That is an interesting point. And I'm not exactly down with this, but the agency requires them to consummate their their marriage the night of. Maybe. Or else their contract is void. Maybe in the agency's mind, that's one way that they'll grow together. Maybe, but I don't think you should force that kind of thing. No, but you go you go into it knowing that, I assume. That's probably, yeah, it's probably in the contract. So as soon yeah. as you sign up, you know that. Yeah. Fair enough. I still, if you're deciding for six months whether you want to be there, I don't know that you should be banging day one. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. It's definitely weird. It's going to get graphic, folks. Buckle up. So. Oh, no. Part of the details are um, Andurians have no warm-up or foreplay. It's just into it. You just, you just go, you just dive right in. The females self-lubricate and the males can uh, become erect at, on command, apparently. Dope. So Susan explains to him that for humans, you got to work for it. So for humans, there's something called foreplay. And Olix has no idea what this is or what's it about. So basically there's a bit of time where she explains, she teaches him how foreplay works. Yeah. Which involves a lot more kissing and touching, right? Yeah. And he's into kissing, thankfully. Nice. So he's down. So they, they do foreplay for about half a chapter. Okay. And they're both getting into it. it the, there's a mood in the air, and they nice. are into it, right? And, and of course, they are compatible mechanically. Right. Or else they, they wouldn't have been matched together. Right. So it works out, and the rest of the chapter and the whole next chapter is they're banging. Hardcore. Wow. So I'm just, I'm just going to graze past all that. That's, that's, you know, there's not a whole lot to talk about. It's just hardcore fucking. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. This is where the erotic comes into erotic novel, right? Yeah. So. Is it the first time? We're going to jump ahead. This is my first erotic novel. No, no, her first time. It is her first time, yes. Okay. His first time? That's never clear. Interesting. First time with a human. Double standard, I'm saying. I don't think, I don't think it was his first time, but he's never married. I mean, play has got to play. But yeah, and, and the Ondarians don't have any rules about not banging before you're married. Right. Different so answer. I'm going to assume he's just banged a lot. I mean, he's the leader of the clan. Yeah. He just doesn't want to get married. So anyway, back to the plot of this porn back book. Back to the plot. So it's the next day. Susan wakes up and it's noon. Wow. She overslept. Good night. She's also jet lagged because everything about her life changed. Yeah. And, she, and, and just jet lagged because the, it's on a different time cycle. Yeah. Which I got to say, it kind of contradicts later in the book. Oh. Because she says it's it's a different time cycle, and the Andurians sleep for less time. They sleep for like four hours, and they're good. Wow. And yeah, and so there and there's like six less hours in the day or something. So, Eighteen hour day, four hours of sleep. Yeah. Right. So she has to get used to it, and she overslept. But it, but later it talks about the Andurians using the seven day week and twelve month year calendar. Something doesn't add up. Exactly. That really bothered me as a. As a fan of science fiction, that really bothers me. 
So yeah, they have this, they have like the traditional Earth calendar, even though they're on a different fucking planet. And a different species. Different species, like nothing adds up. Yeah. So anyways, that's my frustration. Uh, that's, that's always a hard thing to do in science fiction books, though. That's why I don't write them. She overslept and wakes up, and Olix is gone. And so she goes to look for him. She goes outside, and uh, she, so his place is pretty close to the plaza, and there's like market stalls everywhere. Nice. There's lizard people doing business, having fun. It's, it's awesome. And she notices that Olix is standing over by the forges with Zoltar, his cousin, and, and some other dudes, right? While she's deciding if she wants to join him or leave him be, her mother-in-law walks up to her, and they discuss the food situation on Zakania. Her, her mother-in-law is super happy to see her and chatting her up and, you know, how, how was yesterday? Was it good? You know, despite the bumps yeah. and hurdles, was it okay? And then Susan broaches the subject of, hey, your people are having trouble hunting and stuff. Let's talk about this. That's partially why she's there. Yeah, kind of why I'm here. Yep. So her mother-in-law is talking about, well, you know, the, the wildlife is harder to find. They seem to be disappearing and we don't know why or where they're going. And scavenging for food in the forest is getting harder, and there's less that we're finding, and we just don't know why. And Susan is like, have you guys tried farming? The obvious yeah. thing. Ymir turns red. Ooh. And is super pissed at Susan. She said the F word. And <laughs> is like, how dare you? How dare you suggest that we grovel in the dirt like a filthy farmer? Susan takes offense to this. Well, yeah. Because she's, she's a farmer. She was a farmer. Yeah. And it's like, what, what is, what, what's wrong with farming? I grew up farming. That's my whole culture is farming. Uh, that kind of abates her anger a little bit. And is like. Her perspective. But it's not completely gone. She's still angry. She's yeah. just like, look, I'm sorry if farming is something different to you, but it's, it's, a, it's a whole thing with us. Okay. Just don't ask about it. Don't don't mention farming. Your people are dying. <laughs> Your people are starving to death and you have no food. This is the thing. There, there's quite a bit of like cognitive dissonance happening with these people. Yeah. So Ymir kind of storms off. Olix sees this happen and is like, yo, what the fuck did you say to my mom? <clears throat> and Susan is like, I just mentioned farming. And Olix is like, what the fuck did you say? <laughs> you, what the fuck did you say? Bruh. Bruh. <laughs> so stop that. Grow up. Ugh. So anyways, he's Read like, contract. he's like, we will talk about this. Good. But yo, check out these armbands I made with your, with your hymen blood. <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just. <sighs> mm. So I don't like it. During copulation, of course, her hymen broke Uh huh. and she bled. Uh -huh. He collected the blood and saved it. And then in a jar what? In a, on a towel. Okay. So he saved it on a towel, and then he he did something to preserve the blood-stained cloth indefinitely, and turned it into wristbands and a I don't know what it's called. It's wrapping around his his uh, knife or whatever. What's sure. That, what's sure. that called? When it's wrapped. Just like a guard. I don't know. It's not. The, it's not the guard. It's fucking not uh, the guard. A guard. So yeah, it it uh, he has it uh, wristbands and wrapped around his wrist or is uh it, it's wrapped around the the hilt of his dagger. And so he's like, hey, check it out! Isn't this awesome? And she's like. Yo, that's messed up. I married a psychopath. But he explains that he is he's he's showing it proudly because it's it's a, a mark of his mate's love for him that she would save herself for him. So he really so, was banging everybody in sight. I, I guess. I don't I don't know. Like I'm I'm a little confused as to like the the social norms here. So he's he's very proud of this and he's showing it off to everyone, and all the other males are very jealous of him, apparently. 
I don't know. I don't know why. But I mean, they're warriors. Blood is like I, look, a thing I get of it. yeah. It's like, I yeah. get it, but it doesn't mean I have to like it. <laughs> so then he he starts taking her on a tour of the village in the surrounding area, and he's showing her all the places. And during this, he's also telling her about some of their history. So at one point, their people were enslaved by mm. these beings called the Vengi, and there's no there's no description of them at all. They had very advanced technology, so they were able to easily enslave these people right and force them to farm there it is and this was uh this was like 50 60 years ago so oh it's, wow it's still what, pretty fresh what so what do we know at this point do we know the lifespan of a lizard person um they didn't say specifically i think it's a average human lifespan okay and there was Old enough that it's in fresh memory well they they did say there was only two people that actually were alive during that time okay one of them was the seer ah who was only a child at the time gotcha right yeah. And so there were two people that actually lived it. And then a bunch of people who were the next generation. Yeah. yeah. So they were raised to be like farming is the worst fucking thing ever. Yeah. Because we were forced to farm. Right. 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 Which <laughs> sounds so fucking weird. Because like, I, I do not want to draw parallels with real life scenarios of slave enslavement. Yes. But th- slaves in real life who are freed don't just stop doing things. Yeah. That enrich their lives. Yeah. Like, that's not a thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't stop farming and getting food for yourself because you were forced to do it. You're just now doing it for yourself, which I'm sure is also super empowering and feels good. I don't know. I worked at a grocery store. And, and then... That was slavery. After I stopped, I never went back. I Like, I haven't been in a grocery store <laughs> since. <laughs> that's true. You haven't. You're, you're fucking weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I'm totally comparing my grocery store experience <laughs> to slavery right now. Uh, so I don't, I, I, I don't get this problem they have. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get it, but I don't it, get it from, if we're mixing it with like, I, I'm getting like a, not like a caste system, like, but like a feudal Japan kind of a thing where almost, almost samurai esque where honor is the biggest thing. They're yeah. a warrior tribe. And they have been feeding themselves just fine, just hunting. They don't need to farm. Yeah, but recently. they've been, they've been decreasing the population and over hunting and, and killing everything in sight. So it's obviously not working, but I could totally see how if you were if you were subjected to one specific thing and that was the thing that you had to do mm-hmm. and then you broke out of that however you did, you wouldn't want to go back to that thing. I I'm I'm I can I can be with them if that one thing wasn't food. Yeah. <laughs> the one thing you can't live without. Yes. If it was anything else, shoemaking, shirt making, just general production. Writing anything, yeah, doing a podcast. So, uh, so he does like a, a a little bit of the history of that, and then once she understands, he kind of just ends the conversation with that. Mm-hmm. Just like, okay, well, now you know. Don't bring it up again, ever. Laura, I'll fucking divorce you. And now she's like, uh, that's yeah, why she's I'm like, here. oh, great. Well, that was like the biggest motivation for me to come here was yeah. to teach him how to farm. Well, I guess and now gonna, I can't do that. We're gonna bang, and then I'm gonna leave in six months. So he shows her around, and uh, towards the, kind of the outskirts of the village, there are these two buildings that Susan notices. And she's like, what are those two buildings? They look kind of run down and not maintained. And he said, those are remnants of the buildings that our people had to keep the farming tools in and stuff. All right. <laughs> it's okay. empty. It's empty. There's oh, there's no tools. It. No okay. tools. It's just empty. I was totally picturing her like getting a set of tools, going out there, making a mini farm, and then showing them, hey, this isn't so bad. <laughs> We can stop right here. (laughs) (laughs) 
The, the, you have successfully guessed the entire plot of the rest of the book. Uh, <laughs> wasn't hard. Easy to see where it's going. And uh, I'm still excited for it. So she's like, yo, can I like put some stuff in there? And Olix is like, stuff. Uh, what stuff? My stuff. And she was like, well, you know, I have some stuff being shipped here from home. And it's pretty much all farming equipment. <laughs> but I promise, I promise I'll, I'll keep it in the building. I mean, it's my stuff. I just need somewhere to put it. Yeah. So he's like begrudgingly like, okay. So if, if, you if, gotta if, keep it somewhere. If you promise not to pull it out is where anyone could see it, that's fine. Just keep it in there. That's what my last girlfriend said. After the tour, after letting her, you know, telling her she could use the buildings, uh, they go home and they bang again. Nice. In the shower this time. Oh. I've been told banging in the shower is not a good idea. I've heard that as well. I haven't tried it. I haven't haven't felt the interest. The next day, all of her farming equipment arrives, and she uh, moves it into the two buildings. Nice. Nice. So inside the buildings, she starts potting seedlings. Ooh. So she's doing some farming on the down low Mm -hmm. inside these Mm -hmm. buildings, right? Uh, Luped, Olex's sister, shows up and offers to help her do her thing. Oh. And, like, build shelves for her. Just on her own? Yeah, because, I mean, she's not, like, she's being very discreet about it, and she's just doing it for her own yeah. business. So, like, Lupa doesn't care. She's like, oh, well, I if mean. If you want to farm, I guess I can help you. If you want to do that, as long as you're not shoving it in my face, that's cool. But I'll help you, you know, All do right. stuff. Look at, look at Lupa. Yeah. So, uh, Lupa tells Susan about. Uh, I feel like it's a setup, but, you know. <laughs> she tells her about how fucked their economy is. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it's not only scarcity of game, but there's also other businesses encroaching on mm-hmm. stuff they do. So like they, make, they can't defend or whatever. They right. Have they, the technology. They, they can't sell, they can't sell any of their goods cause they make trinkets, jewelry, weapons, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. And they can't sell it because these other businesses are making artificial replicas. Yeah. Yep. And, and marking down the price. Right. Yep. And so she's explaining all this like, okay, we're not only starving, we also can't make money. And so Susan is like, all right, well, that's, that's another problem I got to deal with, right? Yep. Put that on the docket. Hard cut to Olix on his tablet at home, Googling how to kiss better. Nice. I'm uh, absolutely serious. Just hard cut. He's typing away how, how to kiss humans. <laughs> nice. This is a guy who wants to get busy. <laughs> yep. And uh, so while he's doing that, as as happens to everyone, yep. he makes his way to a porn site. Oh boy! Okay, and looks up human porn. Please don't don't get your don't get your sexual knowledge from porn. It's <laughs> not a good idea. No, it's not a good message. People don't bend that way. And he is horrified at what he finds. Oh, thank God! Because because porn because it's horrible. <laughs> yeah, he's like people do that. They pee on each other. What the fuck? Gross. And so, uh, so he's kind of horrified and he's in the middle of doing this and his, uh, his buddy cousin Zoltar kind of pokes his head in. Is oh, like, great. This guy. And he's like, Hey bro, supper's ready. And he's like, ah, Oh yeah, I'll, I'll be there in a second. And he like fumbles with, well, we've all been there. I know. It's so relatable. So he tells them dinner's ready. They go to the great hall and they eat and then they go back to the place again and bang again. I think, I think if, if I was in the, the situation, I'm going to keep putting myself in Olix's shoes. If I was in the situation and married a lizard person and then was looking up lizard person sex and just found a site of lizard person porn and you walked in, I wouldn't try to cover it up. I'd be like, yo, look at this. <laughs> so what were they doing? Well, isn't that crazy? Look at that rascal. Look no, at no, I'll just look at the Look at what they're doing there. That's scaly. Oh, man. The next day, everyone is relaxing. So they, they have a weird schedule where they work two days and then they have a day off. Okay. Which cool. kind of flies in the face of the seven day week. A little bit. Because that's that's not that doesn't unless you up. unless it's not 
unless they don't hold. Hmm. Why would they have a seven day week then? My rudimentary understanding is that the seven day week mostly exists for religious week, reasons. Yeah, the weekend to have a weekend where where you rest. Yeah. So, so, but she just says like they work two days, they rest a day. They work two days, they rest a day. That's how they do. Interesting. Yeah. So everybody's relaxing. It's a relaxing day, and Susan and Olex spend the afternoon at the beach. Oh, they have a little beach. Uh, this is basically a, a, a beach anime episode. I don't have to talk about it because that's that's what it is. Okay. Okay. And uh, Olex tells her a little bit more about the Vangi and how they poisoned and destroyed the soil with their their farming technique. I mean, they're mm. slavers, so they're not going to give a shit about yeah, preserving they just the soil. So farm, get what they can, move on. Right. Exactly. So so at a, at a point, he gives her permission to like farm. Right outside one of these little sheds. Oh, you can do this for you. Yeah, because because she had the whole spiel about like like all of your your vegetables and stuff to eat here is great, but I miss potatoes and watermelon. I love all those foods, yeah. and I want to have those foods, and we can't import them. And so he's like, okay, I guess you can grow what foods you want to eat, Aww. and that's fine. I don't know why. I I, I like Olek. Yeah, Olek's. he's pretty solid. Olek's. He's pretty solid. Yeah, I I, I keep saying ah because in my mind they're an adorable couple. So a little bit later, he starts like second guessing doing this. Yeah, which makes sense because he sees her out like like putting things in the ground, and he's like, "This and it's is in public." Yeah, this is like this is now like people can see her doing. Yeah, it. so he's like, "This is I don't know this this is embarrassing." And yeah, people are gonna be talking and stuff. So like, as if they weren't already. Um, and in, in his eyes, she she's acting like a slave. Yeah, so that's that's not what you should do. Uh, so he's he's making darts. Um, because there's a thing called the Great Hunt that comes Ooh. around every like two months or so, or like a, yeah, every two months they go on a Great Hunt, All and right. that's where they come back with a whole bunch of a bunch of meat and stuff. And it's those hunts that are becoming less and less mm-hmm. uh, profitable. Mm-hmm. You know, there's less and less for that. So he's making darts for the hunt inside her little shack because he's want to spend time with her while also working. Yeah. So he's in there making darts, and then another clan leader. His name is Sirtas. Ooh, that's a good name. From the Inosh Mountains clan. That's not a good name. And he's a bit older. He's not old enough to have been around when the slaves were the... But okay, he's, but a bit older. He's older, right? And so he comes to speak with him. Mm-hmm. Clan leader sees. And Sirtas is... Uh, he, he does see. Mm-hmm. He does see. Mm-hmm. But Sirtas uh, is, just comes to tell Olix that he got another offer from the conglomerate, which is a corporate conglomerate. Mm-hmm. It's just called mm-hmm. conglomerate. But it's like a corporate entity that's trying to buy their lands, yep. right? Yep. Uh, I was wondering when classic, this is going to come up. Classic Native American vibes, and uh, but they don't want to sell at all. Right. But they they don't have food, so they need right. money to buy food, and the only way to do that is to sell or yeah. lease their land. So Olix comes to tell him that the conglomerate has given him another offer that he won't be able to refuse unless the next hunt is successful. Is it his horse's head under a blanket? Sorry, right. his maraca's head under a blanket. I don't know what the. Uh, what what how it transpired, but he was he was given an offer, and he's like, if this hunt is unsuccessful, I will have no choice but to sell some of my land to feed my people. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. yeah, logical. Yeah, logical. And so they 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 go back and forth about this because Olix is like, no, you can't yield because he's the leader of the clans. Like he's the leader of this clan, but he's also the leader of all the clans. Ah, sort of. He, he's called the Spear of the End. Endurians. That's a great title. I love that title. Basically, I want to be a spear. He spearheads all efforts, and they follow him. I get it. But he's not in charge of their clans. So this is also very, very Native American because you a lot of times you would have uh, collective groups of uh, a type of people, right? Uh, and they all so you have chieftains or braves that follow one chief, 
but they follow him not because he's in charge of them, but he says, this is what I think we should do. And then they trust him and they follow him. So that's yeah. the same way. So he's not, he doesn't run their clans, but he spearheads all efforts and thinks about things and lets them know what he He's thinks. the group mentality and they're right. the ones who think, who do the best for their clan. Right, exactly. Okay. And so they're arguing back and forth because Olex is like, no, you can't give in. The second you start giving in, it's going to get worse for everyone. Yep. You can't do that. They all believe that there's some foul play at hand. Oh, for sure. Because they know they're not over hunting because they've been doing this for like thousands of years. Oh. So they're not over hunting. They're just gone. The animals are missing now. Yeah, the animals are so missing. So something, so either, uh, yeah, from a logical standpoint, either the two options are they are over hunting or something is prohibiting the animals from being there. Yeah. And there's also just like foraging is becoming more difficult. They're not finding as many tubular plants and vegetables mm -hmm. as totally they normally tubular, do. Bro. So they believe the conglomerate is behind it, of course. They're the ones who stand yeah. profit from it. Yeah, so they're sure. like, they must be doing something to drive animals away. And we Follow can't, the money. We, can't, we can't figure out what it is. What meager technology we have cannot figure out what they're doing. Susan continues farming over the time, and Ymir comes by to watch, mm -hmm. which Susan is like, she's just spying on what heresy I'm concocting here. Right, right. And Because it was Luped who helped her. Right. Ymir hasn't, but she yep. eventually comes around and see, what, what are you doing? Like, why, why are you doing this? And so that sort of thing. So, and she is very slowly starting to warm up to her again. Yeah. Oh. Which, uh, you know, that made me sad. They, her, her and her mother-in-law were really jiving. And then she had to say the F word. Yeah. Yeah. They all came crashing down. Which, again, arguably, either the research should have shown or maybe Oleg should have told her. So after two weeks, Susan has grown quite a bit of food. Nice. And Lupet sees this and is marveling at it. And she's like, this is so much food in just two weeks. Yeah. And she kind of changes her mind about farming. Mm -hmm. And Lupit is a little bit more progressive because she is way into technology. Ah. So she's the tech head of the village. Yep. And she tries to learn as much as she can. And once she sees this, and she's also like the younger, so she's not as affected as the yeah. other people. Yeah. So she's like, wow, there's something to this farming. There's this the, what's the, I can't remember the girl's name from Black Panther, the younger sister. It basically, yeah. Yeah. Her. So Olix and uh, I believe that Sirtas also noticed, but uh, these guys noticed at one point that Susan had uh, these like automated robots to do a lot of the work for oh. her. Oh. So she would just put the seedlings on the robot and the robot would till the earth, plant them, and water them. That's dope. Yeah. That's and the so, level of automation I tried to get to in Satisfactory. And so <laughs> Olix was like, she's not digging in the dirt. Maybe this is okay. She, yeah, she's not, she's not behaving like, like a slave would. She's using technology to do the work for her. She's putting seeds on a thing. That thing's doing the work and she's eating the food. Yeah. So this is, this is starting to turn wheels in his head. Yeah. But he's also like, it doesn't matter even if I think farming is a good thing, no one else will yeah. think it's a yeah, good Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to get everyone else on board. Right. So Susan started growing special Riza berries that she planned to sell to rich immigrants. So huh. there were these guys that were, that came in. They were actually refugees from another planet. And they landed here, and they're very, very rich business people. Mm -hmm. And so they set up resorts and hotels and stuff where they could. It's very limited, like, building yeah, area. Yeah, yeah. And it's all, um, it's all regulated by the United Planets Organization. Okay. So that's, that's the interstellar government. That's, that gets a solid okay from me. Yep. So, so it's highly regulated, but they are allowed to build some in some of the prettier parts of the planet. And this was an agreement reached between the, the organization and the Endurians. Right. Okay. Oh, oh, cool. Yeah. That's different. That's awesome. It was decades ago, but they, yeah, they came to an agreement. They're like, you can build some over here, but there were certain laws put in place that they, they couldn't. So she's, she's growing these Riza berries because these specific set of aristocrats love these berries. 
and will pay a lot of money for them. Uh-huh. If there's a market. And they're hard to get, right? There you go. So she got some seeds, and they're also hard to raise, too, but she's an expert farmer. So she gets some seeds and starts raising these bitches, right? And once a month, they go to a, a market, uh, like a, a spaceport market, where mm-hmm. they bring all their goods and they sell stuff. And that's how they support the village, right? To market, to market. So they're all loading stuff up to take to market. She's loading uh, stuff onto a transport because mm-hmm. her, yeah. crate, her crates of goods are too much for the maraca to carry. Oh. So she starts loading a transport, and uh, she also lets some of the, the elder Andurians ride with her that can't ride oh. maracas too well anymore. Good. Good for her. Yeah, so she lets them ride with her. And while she's loading, there's a commotion at the plaza. So she runs there. Her husband has returned with a hunting party. Nice. They had been gone for a couple of weeks hunting. Okay, good timing. Or bad timing. I mean, And, well, the, the hunt was not good. Uh-huh. Not, not a good hunt. Who could have seen that coming? Yeah, so now... So it all rests on mm-hmm. market. Mm-hmm. On the market. So she takes all the stuff to the market. On the ride, there's a little bit of... Uh, a little bit of drama mixed with bonding between her and her mother-in-law. Okay, okay. her mother-in-law went with her to help her. And, uh, and she got permission from them to help, like, sell stuff at the market. What's the real reason you're marrying my son? Pretty much. She's like... <laughs> I love this she, book. She's like, look, I don't want you poisoning my, my son's mind. Because she's, like, very overprotective. Uh, yeah, yeah, her it's son. her son. Right, and he's the leader of the clan, so yeah. I'm like, fuck. And so she's like, I don't want you poisoning my son with thoughts of farming. It's okay for you to farm and do your little, your little fucking shit here, but don't you drag my son into it. Essentially. Mm. Mm. And then... You know, and then Susan is like, you know, like, look, I really don't want to cause any trouble. I'm just trying to help. And this is more of a thing for me to support myself than it is. I'm not trying to coerce you guys into doing this. You don't have to do this. And so they they, they have a little bit of bonding before they land. And then they land. Good for them. They set up in the market. And this this whole portion is so fucking boring. She sets up her stall. Olix comes and is like, what are you doing? Like, what, what, what do you think you're doing? And then they, she doesn't explain. She starts selling to these aristocrats. She makes a shit ton of money. Olix sees how much money she's making. And he's like, this is 25 times the amount of money we normally make at market. Wow. That changes everybody's mind. Well, sure. Everybody's like, this is awesome. Like, oh, wait, what? Yeah. And so, and she, she had a scheme where she had these tokens where if you bought from her, these berries from her, she would give you a token and that would give you a discount on other merchandise from the village. Dope. Right. And then she would compensate sales. So like that discount, she would give the discounted mark down to the people selling the merchandise. So they didn't lose any money. Yeah. Yeah. But it enticed people to buy from them. Right. And so everybody's making more money. That's awesome. It's a pretty good idea. And so that happens. Everyone sells way more than they normally sell. It's a big success. And she has enough money to like buy better farming equipment. So she has to do even less work than she does now. That's the dream. Yeah. Like she, yeah, she barely has to do anything. And so uh, that's awesome. They all go back to the village. They have a huge luau. They're so happy. Do they call it a luau? No, they don't call oh, it a luau. Okay. I, I call it, it's just Man, a, I got excited. It's a, it's a bash. That's all. All right. Just a shindig. Just a hoedown. Yep. Afterwards, when they get back, Alex and Sirtas go straight to her little farming building. Mm-hmm. And she has been like storing all of her produce and stuff. And they're like, there is so much fucking food. She would not be able to eat this if like in a month. There's so much food. If she just so ate the, her own food. They're thinking something's up now. Yeah. They're like, there's so much. Well, I mean, in a positive way. Well, yeah, yeah. Something's up. Like, oh, she's actually trying to feed us. Yeah. They're like, this is incredible. She effortlessly produces enough food for everyone yeah. with this little plot of land. And so, and that, that's, Good you know. Good for you, Susan. They're, they're. <laughs> Get a. Fuck, she's still named 
name Susan. I hate it. I hate <laughs> I had, that's why I said it. I had to say it. And 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 so they're they're starting to turn more to the light side. You know, it's it's getting there. Uh, but they do argue a little bit more about the validity of farming. Sure. I mean, look, there's no it's, argument. It's still anti-culture. Yeah. But it's, it's better for everybody. It's better for you. And, it's better and for Olex, me. Olex, it's better for them. Olex is still like, because Sirtas, I think, is like full on board now. He's like, oh, look, we have no choice. We either die or we just do what she's doing. And that's, there, there's no dishonor in doing this mm-hmm. because we are protecting our people. That's where the honor is. Good guy, Sirtas. Yeah, he's the only one with a, the head on his shoulders. And Olix is still like, look, you don't have to convince me anymore. You have to convince everyone else. Yeah. We're yeah. still stuck. That's at, the whole problem. We're still stuck at this point. Yeah. Ymir and Susan make up after the whole sale. So like fully Ymir is back yeah. on board. With yeah. She's like, look, like, you're, okay. you're strange and you did offend me, but it's all good. You're supporting our whole village. And it, that's, you're one of us now. It's, it's all good. Yeah. Susan, uh, the night of, cooks up a shit ton of food from her little veggie farm so that everyone can try the veggies. Nice. Um, she also makes a lot of mushrooms, which the Antarians have their own mushrooms, and they love mushrooms. Mm-hmm. So she's like, if you guys like these mushrooms, I got some bangers for you. So she farms like a shit ton of mushrooms inside the shack, because you've got to farm yeah. those indoors. Yeah, yeah. And cooks up a huge meal. Everyone is excited and a little anxious to try her food. Okay. I can't and wait to see where this is going to go. In the middle of this, this is right after Olex checked out her Oliver's food stores. Right. He goes straight to the kitchen, and she's cooking in there. And then he grabs her and hustles her outside the building. Pushes her up against the back of the building. They start making out. Oh. Right? In public. Okay. A little bit. A little, I don't know. Just while waiting for food? And then in the middle of it, they're they're both like, ah, we can't, we can't do this now. After dinner. Which, of course, makes sense. Yeah. And then, so they go back How in. How did you even start? I don't know. It was weird. Oh, Anyways, uh, they go back in. She finishes making food. They all have the feast. And it is a massive success. They love her mushrooms. There you go. And all of her food. At this point, I'm like, stuff is going so well. I want someone to fucking die. Yeah. I want something bad to happen. Yeah, I've been waiting for the pin to drop this whole time. So that's awesome. And then after dinner, they rush home and have violent sex on the kitchen table. There you go. The next day, the Ontarians work furiously on crafting more merchandise to sell, which at that point, she's like, I don't think they quite got the point. Right. Because they're they're just making more of their stuff to sell. When which it was didn't her sell stuff. before. Right. When it was her stuff that was selling. So Yeah. So they're, they warmed up to farming, but they're, they're not, they didn't quite get the idea that they're buying our stuff because of her stuff. Yeah. And because of her prompting them to go buy their stuff. Right. So they're just all excited at making way more stuff and taking suggestions from vendors and other people like, oh, I have this suggestion to make this design. I'll make that and it'll sell really well. And so they're yeah. all really excited and she's happy for them. But at the same time, she's like, uh, you guys aren't quite getting this. Lupa tells her that they were they will build her like brand new buildings to accommodate her her berry farming. Dope. Yeah, because they're like obviously this made a shit ton of money for you. We're gonna build you a permanent stall at the uh, at the landing pad. Okay. As well as more buildings for you to store stuff and, nice. and store equipment. Right. Moving up. Lupa is awesome. Fucking awesome. Yeah. And then Susan buys uh, better yeah better machines so she doesn't have to yep. do nearly as much work. Yep. Bam bam bam. Some days later. A representative of the conglomerate shows up. Ooh, oh no! So Susan and uh, Susan and Olex are You're muscling in on our turf. Are uh, they're, they're out like out in the forest or something, just hanging out with each other? And then they get a communication that they have to get back because this guy is there. So they go back, and the first thing both Susan and Olex notice is that he is the hottest fucking piece of human flesh they've ever seen. Oh no! So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Olex is like, I don't, I'm not attracted to, yeah. like, I don't know what's attractive. I mean, 
Fuck. So he, he, I don't know what's attractive, but I'd bang him. <laughs> he knows what human females think is attractive. Yeah. So right away, he knows he's hot, even though he doesn't think he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. he doesn't have any opinion. He's just like, I've seen enough literature from humans now, because he's now done a lot of research. Yeah. That I know that Susan is going to think he is really hot, probably. Susan thinks that, like, oh, he's really hot. And if I didn't, love this lizard man so much I probably would have been more vulnerable to his advances or whatever yeah but she got that lizard dick yeah so so she's not really having any of his shit he shows up nice. he's, and he's like look you guys are selling illegally and we're gonna sue you oh okay right and both Susan and Olix uh, who have been they, they exist uh, Susan has done a lot of work on the local laws because ah. she wants to push the conglomerate out of the territory. Mm -hmm. And they've been doing a lot of shady shit. So they, they, they've uh, allowed the production of replicas of their stuff, um, which is because they're illegally claiming it's genuine. Right. So they, they were like, you, you can't do that anymore. So they filed a complaint with the uh, United Planets organization or whatever. And they're like, look, they're doing shady shit, you know, shit. We want you to come in and change this. Yep. And so the conglomerate comes and says, you're selling illegally. Uh, we're going to sue you. Because technically, Susan doesn't have a right to sell. Right. Mm -hmm. The only people that have a right to sell are those who have licenses with a conglomerate mm -hmm. and the Andurians. She is neither. She does right. not have a right to sell. Right. But then, uh, then Olix breaks out a sub-law that says anyone who is married into a clan is considered an Antarian. There you and go. So, and so he drank his blood. Yeah. But, so, so he comes in and is like, we're going to sue you. And he's throwing threats around. And he's like, we have way more money than you. Well, we're going to, we're going to either buy you out or we're going to keep the lawsuits coming until you run out of money. Yep. And then both Susan and Olix are laying down the law and they're like, no, we did our research. We're going to let the organization know that you just came and threatened us. And you're in, they have their own lawyers to fight yours. So, so basically they, they run them off. Yeah. And the dude, uh, is, uh, goes pale while they're telling him this. Cause he's like, Oh God, Ooh. I know I don't, I know I don't have a case here. I'm just trying to threaten them. Yep. So he leaves and they're super happy. And this is a moment where both Olix and Susan are like, yeah, we're a team. There you go. We did that together. You know, there it is. Oh God. So we're almost done. And tragedy strikes. Oh, the guy's name is David Lord. doesn't matter, but whatever. His name was David Lord. Just the worst name. Yeah. <laughs> Almost, I don't know. That's not worse than Susan Jennings, but it's there. It's very meh. After the guy leaves, Olix and Susan gather everyone in the Great Hall to update them in the situation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally so they're fine. like, look, they came and threatened us, but we were in the clear. So don't, don't like, because they also, they also gathered people from other clans and mm -hmm. they're like, look, okay. tell, tell your people not to worry. Because they might try you. and muscle out the other people. Right. They, they, the other clans might sell out. So in the following weeks, Susan keeps selling her berries and shit is blowing up. Nice. She's making so much money. And all of a lot of the other vendors are actually getting, uh, they're like leaving. Oh, because there's, there's no. Right. There's, they're they're there's no soaking reason. up the business. Yeah. Right. That's awesome. Susan then broaches the subject of farming with Olix again. Mm -hmm. And is like, look, I have an idea. We use all of these empty lands to farm because the soil is so amazing, but you guys don't have to do anything. Go we'll on. hire people to farm. Oh my God. And Olix is like, but we're a peaceful community. Everything's open. Nothing's locked up. We don't have any security or walls because we're a community or we're a tight knit community. Yeah. If we bring in foreign people to farm, they're, they're going to take our stuff. They're going to take stuff. They're going to ruin our culture, which is, which is immediately what I thought. I was like, that's a terrible idea. Yeah, for sure. And Susan was like, no, here's the, here's the trick. 
We'll get people from Materian because they have a passion for farming and community, which is bullshit. They didn't have any kind of community. They yeah. just had, if you're not part of this part of the family, then you're nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't. So she's, I'm going to guess here. She, she wants to look out and specifically hire third daughters, fourth daughters. Yes. That's there exactly what go. she says. There we go. The people who don't have an interest at, at the home place. You're psychic. Yeah. She said, we'll take all of the. Maybe I should write this book. We're the, <laughs> we'll take all of the, the children who are not wanted. Mm-hmm. And they will have a home with us. Yep. And they will have all the knowledge necessary to farm. We don't have to train them. That so they're both like, this is an awesome idea. Let's let the, the rest of the clan know, right? I, I tried this in my D and D campaign. Do you know what happened? No. The thieves guild blew up the inn. Oh no! Yeah, it was really sad. They, they think that's a great idea, and they're going to go through with it. So the conglomerate, uh, and it ended up they dropped the lawsuit. Nothing happened. There you go. Nice. So, and they started moving people from Materian to the, the planet. Zakanian. All right. To, uh, to, to serve farming, right? Sometime later, uh, Susan is with a group of Andurians collecting roots in the forest. So they're foraging. And she decided to join them because she wants to learn more about the local fauna and stuff. Yeah. But while she's with the group, she notices that some of the roots and stuff have fungus on them. Oh. While she's gathering them, some of the Andurians would come up and say, ah, oh, it's no good. That's no good. We can't harvest that yet. And she's like, what are you talking about? They're big and ripe. They're like, oh, no, no good. And she notices their nose are like twitching weirdly and they're behaving, mm-hmm. they're behaving weirdly. And they're just passing up all of these roots and stuff that's on the ground that has the fungus on them. Yep. And she's like, I, I, she, so she takes pictures of the fungus, she takes samples, she analyzes it. And when they leave, she says she starts f- like it feeling like it's affecting her as they're leaving. So sometime later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she analyzes the stuff and finds out that it's a hallucinogen. Ooh. It has hallucinogenic okay. properties. Okay. And then she shows pictures of the mold to some of the Anturians that are with them, and they have no memory of it. They're like, what? I, I didn't see that. If I'd seen it, I would have harvested that. So she solves the mystery of the reason they can't collect stuff is because they're not even seeing it. Yeah. And it's probably the reason the herds of animals moved out is because they're fungus. not seeing it because, yeah. Right. They're like, well, there's no food here. We're going to go somewhere else. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I, I was... Pretty happy with how they tied up that in a in a. That's there. very cool. I that's a good. I like that. So they they so she brings this to Olex and the case is blown wide open. Mm-hmm. They're like, look, we have respirators from our mines where we have to mine like materials and stuff. Yeah, we'll just use these when we collect, and it works perfectly. There you the go. Same. They collect food, and they're trying to figure out a way of getting rid of the fungus. So yeah, so that when you go back to cook the food, yeah. <laughs> you actually know there's food. Um, That'd be hilarious. The cook walks into the pantry. It's just empty, but it's actually stacked with veggies. Right. And this nobody is nobody told them. This is a little bit out of their pay grade. Well, yeah, they, for don't sure. know, they don't know how to get rid of this fungus. So yeah. they, they ask the United Planets Organization, Deus Ex Machina. The UPO. Yeah, the UPO. They ask the UPO to investigate this and help them with this. Because the UPO is like very altruistic. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Unrealistically so, I'd say. Yeah, seemingly. There's like zero bureaucracy. bureaucracy. One more time. There is zero bureaucracy. <laughs> <laughs> I got you in your head. There is zero bureaucracy. There you go. And they are seemingly altruistic in every sense. They want to take care of native uh, species and yeah. native peoples yeah. at, at every turn, right? So they let the UPO know. The UPO is like, all right, we'll work on this. It'll, give, it'll take some time, but we'll work on it. The UPO's investigation found out that this was an invasive species of fungus. Okay, that makes sense. It was not native to the planet and was brought there by someone. And at that point, they start investigating the conglomerate for doing the that. The obvious source. Right. 
I don't think they, they, the book ends before they actually come to a conclusion whether or not it's the conglomerate, but whatever, it was them. Who cares? And they start, uh, they start using technology to get rid of the fungus. So the the animals start coming back, right? Nice. So when the fuck is something going to go wrong? That's what I'm saying. You might ask that, right? So far, I think all... Has anything gone wrong, really? No, everything's been great. <laughs> yeah, there's been there's been inter, interpersonal conflict. There was a, a slight bit. there was a slight moment where I thought it was going into like a law drama. Yeah, when the corporate guy showed up, that when David Lord showed up, that immediately went away. Yeah. So, anyways, so everything's going great. We have a bit of a time skip. Okay. Is Zoltair gonna? No, Zoltair is cool. Okay. He's like cool with everything now. Okay. Cool. Yeah. He's. I really thought he was going to be an antagonist, but no. I, I did too. <laughs> He's not. But uh, I'm going to stop guessing. Time skip. This is like almost a year later. Uh, Susan is pregnant. Oh. And uh. she's uh, talking with, and a lot of things have changed. So at this point, the fungus is gone. Everything's back to normal, but nice. even, even better than normal. Because now there's there's a human community. There's like a human village right. in, yeah. in between all of the, the five clans. They just set up a little human village, and then they farm out from that, and then transport stuff to the different clans. Yeah, and then the clans pay them, right? Was I'm pause here for a second? Was there a time when she stopped wearing clothes, or had she been wearing clothes? Because I was fully expecting some oh, kind of no. She's always been wearing clothes. Okay, I was fully expecting some kind of like she's grown used to living with the Antarians, and now the people are coming up. So right, she she she's always been wearing clothes, but she she shows more skin. Sure. So just like booty shorts and a crop top. That, yeah. yeah, stuff but like that. I was, I was fully expecting some kind of like drama because now she's surrounded by people. Oh, that would have been good. Yeah, that's, that's what no, I was there, expecting. There's, to uh, there's no interaction between her and another human for the rest of the book, even though they're everywhere. Great. So yeah, and some of the Anturians are marrying into the human population. Oh, dope. And they're, they're all happy with it. That's More cool. weird lizard babies. I was hoping for some, like, some racist undertones when those people moved in, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I guess you meet one and that person's cool, then the rest of them are cool, right? I th- you know, sometimes it's just not that way. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, th- this book doesn't have a lot of meat to it, honestly. No, um, no. This is a comedy podcast. Please remember. <laughs> the seer tells Susan that, you know, I saw you in the vision, and I wasn't sure even if you were the one to save us, but it turned yeah. out you were, and I'm super happy about it. Oh. Yada, yada, yada. Time skip again. Uh, she's in labor. Okay. And uh, <laughs> fucking, <laughs> oh, I forgot his name, Olex. Olux is just outside, nervous, because he's like, Anturian births last like 10 minutes. Half a second, yeah. yeah. 10 minutes. Like, it's, it's, it just happens. And this is stressing me out. Uh, and then a little lizard baby's born. And uh, the um, fucking, uh, they name him Geiko. 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 G-A-I-C-O? G-A-Y-K-O. Literally Geiko. Because okay. it's, uh, it's Kagan. The, the agent yep. that helped them yep. with like, they just took the N off and rearranged the letters. Not good enough. This, no. <laughs> so they name him Kago. Geiko. Geiko. I can't speak. And then. I got you. This is the fucking end of the book. That Did that little lizard kid. That's the end? That's the end of the fucking book. I was going to make like a guy called Lizardman joke. <laughs> that would be great. But no, it's, um they have a baby and she's happy and the end. But <sighs> nothing bad happened. No, the only conflict in the book was what people think about her. Right. And what she thinks about herself, probably. And what she thinks about her husband. That's yeah. it. That's it. What? There's no other significant plot other than we're what? starving, which we never actually see them starving. They're yeah. like, we are going to starve, but yeah. they're never actually short on food. No, they fix it before it becomes a real problem. Yeah. And all their problems but, are solved. But, but, 
you can't do that. So I'm going to, well, I'm okay. I'm going to say this. This was written as an erotic novel, right? It's a romance novel, right? That first and foremost. So I skipped over a lot of stuff that was just romance, how they're feeling. Yeah. Okay. So it may seem like a shitty story, but to certain people, this is not right. And that's kind of the, and I'm not going to call it a shitty story. I will say this author does a very good job writing science fiction. I could, I could agree with that based on to the a point To a point. Yeah. About halfway through the book, I think she gave up and just took uh, stuff from modern real life right. and just plugged it in, which is fine. That's not the point of the book. But uh, the world building at the beginning, I really enjoyed. The, there was no characters that I disliked, mm-hmm. which was nice. It was a very positive book. It was a very yeah. easy read. It seems like it. Um, it did bother me that there was really no major conflict other than her fitting in. Right. Which... Is a big conflict. It is. But I, would you say it was enough to sell the book on? Uh, I mean, to me personally, no. I, I, okay. I would have to, once we get to the writing, I'm going to give it two writings. Yeah. Okay. It's for, okay. Di- for different people. It's yeah. not for me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And we realize this. But so I, I think people, if you're into science fiction and you're into erotic romance, uh, this is probably right up your alley. Okay. So you'd probably really enjoy this. For me, who uh, is not reading it for the romance... And there's not enough sci-fi and not enough conflict and not enough, not enough, like nobody is in physical danger ever. Not enough meat. Yeah. There's like nothing for me to really And at the same time, too with. much meat. Yeah. <laughs> A little bit too much meat in some places. But, um, but yeah, I mean, obviously this book is not written for me. Right. Right. And it, there, I think it's very obvious that it's written for women. And, and I really don't want to be sexist anyway. This is just my understanding. But I think that the concerns the main character has in the book is the concerns that modern societal women have. Sure. It's uh, trying to find purpose and trying to be useful to people, especially your significant other, Mm -hmm. who seems very capable. While trying to find your own voice. Right. It's it's all of that. And that's like, that's struggles that modern women have to go through in our society. Yeah. Uh, And then some. So like, this is definitely not for me because the whole time I'm thinking, why the fuck do you care what they think of you? Just tell them the truth. Right. Tell them they're going to fucking die if they don't embrace this. Right. Uh, uh, which is why I'm not a sensitive person. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so that's just the, the differences between people. So um, I think this was definitely written for someone else, not me. Um, so let's move on to the rating. So we here at A Page Too Far have a rating system. Uh, we've explained it a little bit on past episodes, but to keep it succinct, the lowest score that we can give is toilet paper, which is, it is garbage. Absolute terrible book, only worth the papers printed on, if that. Uh, from there, it goes to a shampoo bottle, something you pick up to read because there's nothing else. Uh, then Ikea manual, which is interesting, but maybe there's a few pieces missing, something like that. But, uh, you know, hold your attention. More, more like uh, competent, but not entertaining. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a Kindle pick, which is, it's worth owning, but, you know, you don't, don't look too far for it. Digital copy's fine. Uh, and then there's a hardcover, which is like, buy this book, Instant own this classic. Book. Yep. Great. Absolutely. So out, out of that system, you said you're going to give it two ratings. Yes. I, I think that my personal rating, uh, I think would definitely be Ikea Manual. Okay. I think this book is very competently written for what it is. Um, there was nothing that was like, this is mentioned and never brought up again, which we see a lot in books. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't have any of that. That didn't happen at all. Everything served a purpose. Yeah. Even if it was just like flavoring. I'm. I, honestly, I didn't notice that as we were going through. That kind of yeah. raises my opinion. Yeah, it's, it's very competently written. I yeah. dare say it is well written. It, okay. There is there is like not not a lot of fat in this story. It's it's very uh, good for what it you know what it is. I keep yeah. saying for what it is, but it, it honestly, knows what it is for what it is. Yeah, yeah. It, it it is it is good. 
Um, but yeah, me personally, it's Ikea manual because it, I was not that in- halfway through the book. I just got so bored that, um, I was, I was just like wholesale skipping certain scenes. Yeah. I would go to the end of the scene. I'd be like, nothing significant happened, and it didn't come up again. So, right. like the market scene was very, very by the numbers, but it was very long as well, and it was just coloring her interaction with people and Olix seeing that and getting more of an insight into her personality. Yeah. So it's a lot of stuff that doesn't pertain to my review, but um, but is absolutely competently written. I would say if you're into science fiction and erotic romance, this is definitely a solid Kindle pick. Um, if you're, if you really like it, you might want to buy a physical copy. Uh, but I would guess that, yeah, Kindle pick is fine. All right. It is a good book for people of that audience. Okay. Yeah. And that's, and that's the thing. I mean, we realize here that, uh, uh, every book is somebody's favorite book and, and not every book is for everyone. We totally realize that. Um, we take that into account too. So if you have any questions, concerns, comments, you can email us at a page too far, uh, at gmail.com. It's a page too far, T-O-O-F-A-R. Check us out. We have our socials up. We finally got yes. those up and running. We have it's already. We're we're we're, <laughs> we're doing this, man. We've got we've got the Twitter at a page too far, Instagram a page too far, Patreon.com slash a page too far. Uh, if you if you can donate on Patreon. Oh, oh my God, guys, guys, uh, the Patreon. We have so much stuff for you. Every month you can get outtakes. Listen, not everything gets into an episode. We have to cut out a lot of stuff. Jokes that didn't land. A lot of mine. A, a lot of jokes that didn't land. Uh, behind the scenes stuff. Uh, extra comments we have. Those all go into outtakes. And on the lowest tier, you have access to those. Every month we have new outtakes. Uh, we also have bonus episodes every month. To start out, we're probably just going to do one bonus episode a month, but then uh, as the community grows, we may do multiple. Yep, we'll see what happens. Open for development. Bonus episodes could be anything from just another book we read, or we could talk about a specific topic brought up during a review. All kinds of stuff. Uh, what else? So after the bonus episodes, we have uh, we're looking at doing polls for picking books, not necessarily suggesting books because we do have, we have kind of an extensive library so far and we're, we're ever expanding, but maybe throwing up a few books. If you have one that you want us to read, by all means, submit a suggestion. We may add it to a poll. We may not. We'll, we'll kind of proof it a little bit beforehand. We'll definitely look at suggestions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No guarantee we'll go with the suggestion, but we appreciate any and all suggestions. Absolutely. Uh, and if you are a patron, you also get episodes a day early. You do. One day early, outtakes, bonus episodes. It's all there, guys. So go check out our Patreon. Thanks for listening, guys. We hope that you get out there and find your own lizard man. Have a good night. May you find your own lizard man, or may he find you. Oh, God, that'd be terrifying.